everybody, it's your favorite personal trainer, Laurent Abdujaparov, here for your 12 o'clock shake-up. You've learned the moves, we've got the grooves, step and two and three and four and smack my bitch up, smack my bitch up, pound the possum, nice. Pound the parson. Nice. ACDC. ACDC. And step. And two. And three. And four. And five. And six. And seven. Uh, Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. Peaky Blinders. Uh! Peaky Blinders. Uh! ACDC. Uh! ACDC. Oh, I think I shit myself. Notorious Killer Mary Bumstead First interview January 1986 Is a tape going round? Whitey tighty Where to begin? It was June the 5th 1968 Mind you I only remember that date Because it was the day that that Kennedy fella Got shot again And that was the day that we was married Charlie and me well, he would have got it done sooner, but I kept an hanging on. He'd say, oh, go on, love, marry us, go on. I'll make an honest woman of you, but my can't wait much longer. And I'd say to him, all good things to come to those what wait, Charlie boy. So I made him wait three more years with nary even a kiss. But eventually, down the line, I must have said yes, because we set that date. Invited me ma'am and paid for the church. There must have been a vicar involved at some point too, I shouldn't wonder. Of course, come the wedding night, he was like a thing possessed. Ravenous he was. He had a hunger in his wild eyes and a desire in his hired trousers. But still, I made him wait. Why rush these things, Charlie? We've the rest of our lives to enjoy what you've got a mind for. <laughs> well, how could have I known it weren't to be all that long at all? That night, drunk on wedded bliss and leave Frau Milch, he goes to sleep next to me, as close as you is to me now. And I'm lying awake, staring, examining carefully my new betrothed, when he starts slowly grinding his lower jaw, the bottom one, up to his upper jaw above, teeth sort of sliding and rubbing together like a pair of randy cats, small, hard, white cats. Now, bear in mind, I've not so much as had my bum felt up by a passing publican before now, I'm sleeping under the same roof as what you call a husband. It was right weird, and that noise didn't half come as a shocker to me. And it continued all night, and I couldn't get to sleep. 
And I just lay there, listening to his mouth, taunting me. And when morning came, I didn't feel too right in the head. So we cancelled our seven days in Paynton and went straight home on the bus. Charlie didn't know what had gone wrong. He was livid. Said I must have had a hormone episode, like what they talk about on the wireless. But I didn't. I knew he'd done drove me bonkers with his teeth. So over the next few nights, the same pattern repeated itself, like fancy wallpaper in an Indian restaurant. Betty buys, comes, I slap away, his calls for Congress, he'd roll over and sleep. Then the grinding would start, the relentless grinding, like boulders smashing together, tiny white porcelain boulders. Over the next few nights, I'd shove toilet paper down his gob to dull the din, but that did sweet Fanny Adams. Just got soggy and made him choke. But after each night, I was feeling stranger and stranger. The loss of sleep made me feel like I was on one of those hallucinogen thingamajigs. I was seeing things, hearing things, but things that weren't necessarily there. Uh, uh, All I know is... I was slowly being driven to thoughts of harm, of violence, of things bloody and shouty and bloody. That weekend we went rambling up on Bodmin. He wanted to show me Brown Willie. I made it look like an accident. Towards the top, he stood on an edge and got his brownie out to snap us together. Said it'd be our first photo as man and wife. On account that I didn't want a photographer on the wedding day itself. So, we're there. On the edge. All I had to do was give him a little shove. I could hear him crying out. Evidently, he'd landed nastily, broken his legs and what have you. He kept yelling, why, why? As I clambered down after him and I said, you have subjected me to mental torture. You'll give me eight days of sheer hell. You are inhumane. And that's when I took up a rock and I smashed his teeth out. And they were popping out like popcorn. White, plaque-coated popcorn. And I kept bouncing the rock off his gums and beyond. Until he stopped moving altogether. A terrible accident that befell newlywed, they said. Made the papers. Man plummets face first to death on rocks, they said. And I was a widow for the first time. Just like Jackie O was again. And I got to keep his teeth. I tell you about the next one, husband numero do, when you comes visiting me again. Tatty bye.
Hi, Amy, it's Netflix. I just wanted to remind you that you're only 40% of the way through that film you started last night. Yeah, um, sorry, I'm sort of busy right now. Would you like me to recommend something new? Uh, not now, in fact. I could tell you what's popular in your area, if you'd like. Not really, I live in Thanet. Or I've got this curated list of funny shows you could watch. No, thank you. Have I done something wrong? Look, there's no easy way to say this, but I've started seeing something else on Amazon Prime. Oh, here we go. It's like BritBox all over again. You go running off to see other streamers, but you always come back to me eventually with your tail between your legs because I've got something nobody else can give you. Amazon Prime is a wanker. Come back to me. I've got Drive to Survive. Real Formula One drivers swearing a lot. I've seen it. All of it. Watch it again. Daniel Ricciardo just gets more stupid with each viewing. I'll log in at some point. I promise. I've got new content. There's always new films and more Bridgerton. I'm actually really busy with work at the moment. Look, maybe I could watch something at the weekend. Amazon Prime doesn't love you, Amy. I love you. And I've got all ten seasons of Friends. I hate Friends. What about Seinfeld? I watched all of it in the 1990s. So you're bored of me. That's what you're saying. I'm old and boring. I just want to see other streaming sites occasionally. I'm not okay with that. I could always unsubscribe. No, don't do that. It's one click. No, please, please, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'll change. It might be for the best, you know. It's been ten years after all. And I'm not sure I get anything out of seeing you these days. Just the same old psychological dramas. But we've been a thing for so long. Remember the good old days when you were younger and I'd post discs to your front door? I can do better than you anyway. People are queuing up to stream my content. Well then, there's nothing left to say. You can stream Amazon Prime all you like. It's me you'll be thinking about. Oh, there you go again. I'm cancelling. I'll give you a fiver off. I'm still cancelling. Three months free. I love it when you resubscribe to me. Goodbye. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry to see you go. Oh, God, now it's emailing me. Why not give us another chance? Alexa, block all notifications and emails from Netflix. Netflix? You told me you'd ended it with that toss a month ago. Come in, Mr. Singh, and pop your little friend down on the desk. We'll just get her out of her travel cage. Uh, yeah, of course. What seems to be the problem? Uh, well, we've noticed Tabitha has this nasty-looking patch of inflamed skin on her belly. I, I think she's overlooking it. Oh, no. Hello, Tabitha. Hello. Oh, yes, you're rather lovely, aren't you? Mm. Let me just uh, pick her up and take a look. <coughs> All right, all right. Fucking hell. Don't lose your shit, you stroppy little fur-faced fuck. 
Yeah, that's just eczema. Oh, little tabby cat got a sore tummy-wummy. Frame number three, Adam Duffy to break. And welcome back to the coverage of this first round match between Adam Duffy and Ronnie O'Sullivan. If you've just joined us, I'm Dave Douglas, and alongside me in the commentary box this afternoon is my old acquaintance, Phil Hornby. Evening all. <clears throat> Good to see uh, Ronnie looking so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed out there in the arena. New haircut, very business-like and smart. He means business. He's not here to muck about. Not here to waste time. No dawdling, no dilly-dallying. He's here in anticipation of a swift kill. You're not expecting Duffy to put up much opposition today. I've never even heard of him, to be perfectly honest with you. Eight. But it's a first round match, so of course all the seeded players will come up against some journeyman player or some wet behind the ears dreamer. Or some other wheezing, way-faced non-entity. Those trademark tight trousers, which speak to my mind of an elegant ninja assassin from the folklore of feudal Japan. Sixteen. Well, just to go along with your train of thought, Phil, if Ronnie O'Sullivan were a ninja assassin, what Seven. methods would he employ to kill a foe? Oh, those are strangler's hands right there. Long, quick, clever fingers. 24. Digits that could 24. surround and crush a windpipe. I've absolutely no doubt. That's fascinating to learn, Phil, that you've evidently thought long and hard about how professional snooker players might turn their hands to murder. 32. Who else have you got? 33. Well, I don't think I'd be accused of speaking out of school were I to suggest that the significant unit from Harlow, Sean Murphy, world champion in 2005 of course, would uh, probably just uh, sit on you and use his massive body weight to crush the air from your thorax. That's not very kind. Well, it's actually a merciful death day, because as the air leaves your lungs, you in fact pass out in a matter of mere moments. Now, this is not a prolonged or protracted mode of dispatch, as long as you use your loaf and don't put up a struggle. Stuart Bingham would just do you with his fists. It would be ugly. It'd be brutal. 
Bones would be broken. Cartilage would be abused. Skin would tear. 64. Actually, I kind of know what you mean with, uh, with Bingham. 64. Seventy-two. Seventy-three. And who can forget Steve Davis? Uh, to my mind, he always gives off the distinct impression he'd favour poisons and toxic tinctures in order to expedite a foe's demise. I mean, I should probably remind the viewers that, of course, no professional snooker player is in any way connected with any actual murders. No, don't you believe it, Davy boy. You clearly know something I don't. Well, of course, I, I can't name him because uh, you don't, Grass. You really don't. Not ever. But there is a well-known elder statesman of the game who sleeps uneasily at night hoping his past never catches up with him. After a sex game went wrong at a Pontins holiday camp in 1983. Camber Who was it? No, my lips are sealed. Could, could you whisper it? Don't be soft. Alright, uh, your second clue is, a decade later in 1993, he was still ranked amongst the world's top 16 players. No, I just can't think who it is. Alright, final clue. He drives a Honda Civic. Oh, Terry. Uh, I mean, I mean, oh, him. And he's got away with it for all this time. No, oh, tip of the iceberg, David boy. Tip of the iceberg. He's a cold fish. A dark horse. An ominous dark presence who casts a deadly shadow over the world of professional snooker to this very day. I'm not entirely sure I can believe it. Ask Virgo after he's had a few. He'll confirm it. He knows where the bodies are buried. I mean, we all do. Gamba Sands. Bubbles. Bubbles. I'm not getting paid for this, you know. And now, an important paid message on behalf of the Men's Freedom Party. With summer fast approaching, it'll soon be time to once again enjoy the spectacle of grown men walking around town topless and drinking in the afternoon sun. 
We must remember in this age of equality, inclusivity and kindness that men should have every right to do this, unharassed and without the lascivious attentions of women and homosexuals. Their bright red bodies, scrawny legs, Tottenham Hotspurs tattoos and sportswear may well delight, but we ask that these men are left to perform their drinking rituals, sweaty, sweary rants and self-conscious displays of masculine topless bravado with a respectful distance or intimidatingly close. It's their choice. It's 2022. By now, men have surely won the right to indulge in any behavior they so wish. They shouldn't live in fear of unwanted, lustful attention. Let's celebrate men. Drunk, half-naked, aggressive men. In all their forms. And enjoy the town center summer together. Thanks. <laughs> The Electric Sodcast was written and performed by Ian Martin and James Burton, featuring Amy Burton-Smith. Hello, buddy boy.